straps and saddle in, life's a bumpy ride. Daily fresh-baked horrors clamoring to get inside. There's so much rubbish out there, it kinda makes you think. Maybe I'll stay in today and sip a special drink. Hi, my name is Sarah McAfee, and I'm an alcoholic and a drug addict, and this is Shrubbish. This is a new podcast because it's 2024, and I like to be 7 to 20 years behind everything that people do, so um, I'm getting in there now with this. Okay, so the name Shrubbish, what is that? That is because uh, this podcast is going to be, the the heart of this podcast, if you will, is going to be a very special drink, a non-alcoholic drink that is very near and dear to me called The Shrub. Every week, I'm going to, every other week probably to start, um, I'm going to make a, a shrub. Well, you'll find it it will have been made. There will be a shrub. I will present the shrub um, to you. I will taste the shrub. Um, I will tell you what is in the shrub. They're really good. It's exciting. Um, and it's a secret. You won't know till the end. Prior to the, the tasting of the shrub, I'm going to talk to you a little bit. I'm going to tell you a story, some research, some facts, something interesting, hopefully to you, definitely to me, about um, like a, a sobriety beverage-esque related topic. You know, I'm, I'm learning to learn about uh, people, um, histories, culture, products. I'm wanting to learn myself. I'm hoping to educate you along the way, um, provide a little entertainment, maybe. And I also really want to be honest and open about my own addiction story. That's a, that's a big part of this is um, addiction is a huge part of my life. I uh, have been sober for a little over three years, and um, off of my uh, final drug of choice for a little over four years, and, you know, I think about it every single day, and I talk about it a lot, and I am really grateful that I have outlets to talk about it, but I also sometimes wonder if people are a little tired of hearing me talk about it uh, in every conversation all the time, like every first date I go on, I immediately tell them that I'm sober and that I was a cocaine addict, and um, that might be coming on a little strong, but I figure I can come on strong here because it's a podcast, and who knows who will even listen to this anyway. And, you know, if you have similar issues with addiction and you also feel like it's constantly on your brain and it affects every single thing that you do and it's just part of your your biome now, uh, it's flowing through your veins all the time and you don't know what to do about it, maybe listening to this uh, could be a cool way to, to form a little community um, if that's something you're interested in. So that's sort of what, what I hope to do here um, from the comfort of my beautiful little booth. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm, let me tell you. Who, who are you talking to right now? Who is this person? So my name, as I said, is Sarah McAfee. I am so comfortable saying my name because I use it to slate. Um, does anyone know what a slate is? Yes, I'm an actor. Um, I do voice acting and I'm, I'm a stage actress. And I have a really lovely little at-home studio that I made for myself once I decided I wanted to start getting into voiceover. And I just, I love it in here. So that's the rundown. Maybe that's, maybe that's TMI. Maybe you've already turned this off. For those of you that are still here, 
we're gonna go ahead and jump jump off the bridge. What? We're gonna we're gonna dive right in. That's not a phrase. We're gonna dive right in this week with the topic being shrub, right? That's what we're here to to talk about. That's what every week we'll have in common. And I figured let's go ahead and start it off with a bang. Let's let's learn about the shrub. Now this is one this is my favorite thing in the world. I love learning a new word. So a shrub is an acidulated beverage. Acidulated. Isn't that great? Isn't that just don't you just want to just say acidulated all the time? Okay, so acidulated basically just means that um something is like acidic or acid has been added to it. In terms of shrubs, there are a couple different kinds of shrubs. Um there's a boozy kind and a not boozy kind, basically to break it down. For the boozy kind, um, the they are acidulated because it's basically like a citrus juice or and or rind and sugar combined to make like a little cordial or liqueur that you would add to rum or brandy. Uh, this was popular in the 17th, 18th century England. <laughs> One thing I do want to point out is uh, every time in this research that I wrote the word rum or brandy, it's capitalized like a name. So if you're looking for a new baby name, might I recommend rum? Yeah, we would mix citrus and sugar, um, brandy or rum, and people were drinking it. People were loving to drink. Um, people have people have always loved to drink. Do you know what I mean? It's just sort of been... It's so funny because I remember when I was uh, in like high school, middle school or something, and I first heard that drinking was something that had, you know, combined all... I feel like we've all heard this. Like, drinking was something that had combined all the cultures across time. Everyone had created a way to distance themselves from reality. And I was like, oh, awesome. I can use that forever. Because I loved drinking the whole this whole time. Before I was drinking, I loved drinking. I always talk about that in... I do go to meetings. I go to um, specifically agnostic AA meetings. And because um, I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with the god shit. Sorry, I don't. Um, oh no, sorry if I've offended you. I just, I just don't. It doesn't work for me. I have no my top chakra, whatever that is, the relationship to something above is closed. I do not have a higher power, and I don't want to deal with that. So that's not part of my sobriety story. But I do go to meetings, and I always talk about this in meetings that it's like from as early on as I could remember from being like a little kid seeing my family at gatherings with like wine in their hands talking and laughing and just like I thought it looked so cool um so to find out that that uh fermentation and you know getting high and fucked up and stuff was part of every culture's tradition I was like oh great this is something I can really latch on to and and run with um if I'm ever trying to justify uh, my my using I was thinking that when I was like 12 but I was also a good girl, so I didn't drink yet. Back to Le Shrub. Okay, this is this I thought was very cool. So according to some sources, um, this the little citrusy cordial cocktail thing um, might have been introduced because of smuggling, because the uh, the uh, taxes were high on those those special goods. It also might have had medicinal values um, dating back to the 15th century. Here's my thought. I think it could be a little bit of both. And I'll, I'll get to that. Okay, so when it comes to smuggling, in like this late 1600s, um, products like rum and brandy were super expensive um, and super highly taxed. So they were being smuggled into England. And 
sometimes the smugglers would store the barrels of booze like on the you know it was all with boats um storing the booze on the shore all right sometimes in little caves i saw this article that had a little like a nice picture of a covey cave and sometimes if there was too much like happening on land there were too many sailors out there getting their rocks off um and there weren't enough people to help with the actual handoff or whatever um they would sink the barrels to hide them for a little while for safekeeping until someone could come pick them up. Seawater might permeate the barrels, and then the booze would taste like rancid ocean water, which I think is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard, that that would happen and people would just still drink it. We say that, but as we drunk snow, I mean, you'll, you'll drink anything, right? So who cares? So my thought when I was reading this is maybe it was like a combination, like... It's going to mask the flavor of the booze by adding the citrus stuff to it, uh, mask the ocean water grossness by adding the citrusy stuff. But also maybe they were like, oh, it now has dead fishy stuff in it. We can not get sick and die. But that also may be giving them a little too much credit for the health consciousness back in the day. Unclear. In this one incredible 2011 article by Tim Oakley for Class Magazine, published in Difford's Guide in 2012, uh, he has examples of ye old-timey recipes, uh, and they are just hysterical. So I'm going to read one of them um, from a publication called English Housewifery by Elizabeth Moxon in 1793. Okay, this is her recipe for a shrub. Take Seville... Seville? Sep I don't know. Seville? Seville. Seville? Take Seville, Seville, or I can't, oranges, and when they are full ripe to three dozen oranges, put half a dozen of large lemons, pare them very thin, the thinner the better, squeeze the lemons and oranges together, strain the juice through a hair sieve, to a quart of the juice put a pound and a quarter of sugar, about three dozen oranges, if they be good, will make a quart of juice, to every quart of juice put a gallon of brandy, put it into a barrel with an open bung, with all the chippings of your oranges and bung it up close. When it is fine, bottle it. This is a pleasant dram and ready for punch all the year. I think we should just always write recipes like that, right? And Ben Franklin also had a recipe for a shrub. And for all of those of us who read uh, Ben Franklin's autobiography um, over the summer going into freshman year of high school, never forget. Uh, The most boring book in the world. Sorry, Ben. So there's also a bit of a similarity between punch and shrub. Um, But punch was something you just sort of concoct and drink right away before your party. And a shrub was something that you could make and save and drink later because it's it's stronger ingredients. um, It's meant to last longer. It uses more fruit. It uses more sugar. um, So you could actually store it and, and have it later. It fell out of fashion by the 1800s because people started drinking gin. And gin was cheap, and it was fun, and they were just all about the gin. Now, here's my here's my thought, though. It says, did they just, did they not think that the cordial would be good with the gin, too? Was it like a flavor profile thing? Because, again, like, we'll drink anything. I don't know why. I mean, citrus and rum and brandy sounds good, but also citrus and gin, like, what? Anyway, apparently it was, you know, people were cheap and gin was there and they said bye-bye shrub. So that's the boozy kind. And now for our kind of shrub, 
the sober kind, which you can you can mix this with uh, alcohol. You can mix literally anything with probably not literally. There's probably some chemistry there. Probably don't mix literally anything with alcohol. Don't don't drink Drano, but you can mix um, edible things with alcohol and drink them. But this kind you can also drink by itself um, or with sparkling water or like in another in tea. I don't know. Uh, That might be kind of good, actually. So this other kind comes about as a way of preserving fruit. For this one, the acidulation comes when you add vinegar to the fruit to preserve it. It's like when you add lemon juice to apples or a fruit salad or something like that. It keeps it from browning. It keeps it looking pretty. But it can also preserve things long term. And this is where I realized that we're literally just, I'm literally talking to you about pickling. This is literally pickling. You're adding vinegar and sugar to fruit so it can be preserved like a pickle. So we're talking about brine, drinking brine. It's pretty brine, but it's, it's still brine. Um, and it, this is basically just pickles. So these became popular during colonial America. And it's essentially a one-to-one-to-one ratio of vinegar, fruit, and sugar. And the syrup that comes from it is what I will be tasting on this podcast later. Uh, It's also known as a drinking vinegar. You can find them these days in uh, some bars. Uh, I read a 2012 LA Times article by Jessica Gelt about a nice resurgence of shrubs on the West Coast. Um, But I like to make mine. And I was first introduced to a shrub when my cousins were in town and we went to, I believe it was Russ and Daughters for brunch. And this was at a very, this was at a very dark time in my life. Um, I feel like there are ebbs and flows of when things were really peaking with my addiction and when things were slowing down. There was a period of time in which I was going through loss in the family and loss in other personal relationships and found myself literally alone. Like my roommate wasn't there for an extended period of time. I was by myself for a few months and it was really, really dark. Um, I was doing a lot of drugs by myself and I was drinking pretty much the entire time. Um, it was really scary. I remember, you know, calling people during that time feeling like I was going to die. And it was, it was real. It was really fucking real. Some family was in town for like a wedding and we went out to brunch and I was so hungover and I was pretty much always hungover. And this was the first time I'd kind of been around people in a minute and I, you know, kind of got dressed up and it was morning because it's brunch but that did not stop me from doing the substances that I was doing and I don't remember that I I don't think I pre-gamed with alcohol but by the time we got I probably hadn't eaten anything in a couple days and when we got to the restaurant I got I was like kind of the food was making me feel really nauseous but my cousin's husband had ordered a beet shrub which I did not know what it was, and he had just sort of heard about them, you know, so he ordered it, and I I tasted it, and it was the most incredible thing I had ever consumed. 
it just immediately made me feel good. And maybe that's sort of why I have this this relationship with these little drinks is it was it was at a time when I was feeling so bad and the only things that I thought of that I could consume that would make me feel better were illicit substances and alcohol and this was a little drink that tasted amazing and it was so perfectly cool and it was refreshing and interesting and it made me feel joy to sip it and it wasn't alcohol you know um it kind of settled my stomach a little bit it was it was truly like this weird transcendental experience like that that moment lives very strongly in my mind so in honor of that little beet shrub I have made a beet shrub today it's beet rosemary and I'll, I'll get into the description of it in a minute. Um, I do want to finish up real quick on the making of a shrub. So it's it's a one-to-one to one ratio of vinegar, fruit, and sugar. And I read a few things when I first started getting interested in making my own. So I read somewhere that you like combine these things and then they like you let it sit on like a cold dark shelf for like 10 days to 14 days. So that's sort of what I do is I'll mix the stuff and I'll put it in the fridge um, for two weeks, which I don't, you don't have to put it in the fridge. Like the point is that you're preserving it, but it, I get nervous. And also I developed a really dark fruit fly moment. Um, Like they were, y'all, they were in my fridge. The fruit flies, I would open my fridge door and there'd be these little fruit fly carcasses, like not carcasses because they were just asleep, but they would be upside down with their little legs in there. It was kind of cute, but they were all over. Um, Yeah, it, it, it got bad. I was composting. I was doing it wrong. So anyway, I don't, uh, fruit flies have not had a resurgence, but, um, I, yeah, I put my, my shrubbies in the fridge and, but then I was also doing one like this. I read something here that says you, a Wikipedia said that you, you add the vinegar to the fruit and let it infuse for a few days. And then you add a sweetener and reduce it over heat. And then that's how you get the syrup. And that sounds totally plausible. I also did at one point, like the first couple times I was trying to make a a quick shrub where I would just be able to drink it that same day. And I just combined fruit, sugar, vinegar in a pot on the stove and cooked it up until the sugar dissolved. And that was good. Not as good as these kinds, though, to be honest. It didn't have the same complexity um, or like richness of flavor. But the, oh my God like steaming vinegar because there's no water so it's just evaporating vinegar straight into the nostrils pain painful do not do not recommend do not recommend it was a lot also I have a small apartment and it was just full of vinegar smell and I love vinegar I love pickles I love these guys I love kombucha it's got that nice little vinegary taste Um, but I don't really want my whole apartment to smell consistently of vinegar um, so don't, I didn't love that, but this is the method that I did with this guy is the the fridge for, for 14 days. I try to do like organic and local ingredients for most of the things I consume, but we can't always be perfect, right? I have a sign on my bulletin board that says, why do I feel the need to be perfect? Covered some of that in therapy and then my therapist retired and we didn't finish. So still, still pondering that one. So this guy has some beet which I steamed 
to sort of soften her and get the uh, maybe release some of the flavors. Like, I don't know. It might have been fine with a raw beet, too, but I got nervous. So I decided to, you know, I didn't want to roast the beet. That seemed kind of weird. Then it would like, I don't know. Feels like I would, eh, be like oily and strange. So I steamed the beet. I created a little steaming basket out of other contraptions that I had in my kitchen, which I was very proud of. Um, and then it made some beautiful, like the water underneath it was gorgeous. Just that's the other thing about beets is they are so pretty. I could look at beet juice all day. Hyperbole. I couldn't do that. Okay. And then I also wanted to add a little bit of something extra, so I threw in some rosemary sprigs. And let's see, what vinegar did I use for this? I think I just did basic white wine vinegar to kind of keep it simple. What did we do? Um, I'm looking at my notes here. Yes. Um, so we did a half a cup of steamed cubed beets, a half a cup of regular white sugar, a half a cup of white wine vinegar, and like just like a pinch, like a couple sprigs of rosemary um, that I had that was from the farmer's market and that I had harvested off of the stems and put in a bag in the freezer. So, okay. And I mixed it with some sparkling water uh, from my soda stream. Okay. Here's the moment that I, I have been waiting for for over two weeks now because, um, oh yeah, you remove the fruit after. So then it's just pretty syrup. So I have had this pretty syrup after two weeks of in the fridge, removed the fruit, syrup is sitting there, it's super gorgeous, and I have been dying to try this. So here we go. Can confirm. That's amazing. And the rosemary is there. It's just a little bit. That's awesome. Oh my god. It kind of tastes like a salad. I don't know that that's for everyone. It's definitely for me. I have I have some interesting tastes. Um... I introduced my friends in college to a delicious snack, carrots and barbecue sauce. I highly recommend you try it too. Um, also, my favorite bagel sandwich is I'm gonna get I'm gonna get canceled just simply for this. My favorite bagel sandwich is a cinnamon raisin bagel with cream cheese, um, eggs, scrambled eggs, uh, and barbecue sauce. Uh, that's my favorite bagel. I like it. Don't knock it till you try it. I do like barbecue sauce. So yeah, I like interesting flavors, and this is interesting. This is this is fun. It's not too sweet. I like that because beets already have kind of like a natural sweetness to them, but also that earthiness. And the earthiness is there, and the rosemary is there, and it smells. Ooh, I bet this would be good with other with like maybe even just plain vinegar. I think that's what I'm picking up. That's a little bit not cohesive with the the rosemary and the um the beet is the white wine vinegar I think is taking me away from the purity that I would like from the beet so I think if I were to do this again I would just use regular white vinegar which sounds a little strong but I think in this um in this relationship it would actually work quite well okay I'm gonna have another sip I know drinking and eating is a very hard, hard pass on a podcast, faux pas, but we're doing it. It happened here. You heard it first. And that is, that is the, that's the podcast for today. Um, so hopefully you learned something. Hopefully I was entertaining. I'm smiling right now. 
making a little face. You can't see it, but I look cute. I mean, I know I learned something. I learned that I talk a lot. No, I already knew that. Um, I learned about this shrub. And, you know, it was, was it interesting to be super brutally honest about that that time in my life when I drank that shrub with my cousin? Yeah, it was scary. Um, but who knows if anyone will listen to this. Dad, if you are listening, I love you. And there will probably be a lot more brutal honesty coming your way through this medium. So listen at your own risk. And yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today, and we'll see you back here in a couple weeks when we tackle our next topic and shrub. And in the meantime, don't let the shrubbish get you down. And take care. Bye-bye. I am so glad you stuck around for this week's episode of Shrubbish. Of course, I wouldn't be able to do this alone. Research references are available in the show notes, and that spunky show art and design is by the incredibly talented Alex Crawford. And I would absolutely love to hear from you. Do you have topic ideas, flavor ideas, want to offer kind criticisms, or thoroughly butcher me with degradation? Please send an email to shrubbishpodcast at gmail.com or visit us on Instagram at shrubbish underscore pod. Also, please rate and subscribe. As all you podcast fans and creators know, it goes a long way.